Welcome to the Presentation Gravity Podcast. I'm Kristen Thompson, and today we're bringing you the best tips, tricks, and strategies to authentically attract more business more easily and gain greater visibility for you and your business. So let's get started. Get Gravity now. You're listening to Episode 3, Get Started Speaking, how you can leverage the power of groups to turbocharge your business in the year ahead. Let's dive in. Again, my name is Kristen Thompson. I'm excited to be back here for week three of the Presentation Gravity podcast. And this is a topic that is really near and dear to my heart because speaking has just transformed my life, opened up a world of opportunities, which I'll talk about today. And so you may not have ever considered adding speaking as part of your business before, or you might feel like it's not even in the realm of possibility. I know a ton of people just obviously really fear public speaking. I get that. But what I would love for you to do is just stay open, listen and take this information in and then maybe make a decision after this podcast whether this is something you're willing to consider or not because the results could really be just totally transformational for next year. And so I'm excited to talk about this. But before we do, I want to make sure we cover who's got gravity. I promised that I would be bringing you some of my favorite tips and tools or people that I read that I have found really valuable in my own library that I think you would want to know about too. And since we're talking about um, presenting and really getting up and speaking, um, you've probably all heard of death by PowerPoint. Things can really go wrong with slides. I don't use a ton of slides just because of the nature of the presentations I give and the way I engage people, but I'm not against using them. But if you are going to add slides, PowerPoint or Keynote to your presentation, you really do want to make sure you do it well, or it can really make or break your, your presentation. So a couple of books on the topic that are really the best of the best of the best books on this topic that you will want to have in your library if you do slides in your presentations. The first is Slideology. Slideology, the art and science of creating great presentations. It's by Nancy Duarte. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. I think I am. It's a great book. It's actually just a beautiful book as well, but it really goes into, like it says, the art and the science of creating great presentations, the way it should look, and the science behind that, how to capture people's attention, what they'll pay attention to, what's too much information, what's too little information, um, how to really connect with people, how to turn your ideas into graphics that represent those ideas, which is just a huge Huge thing that you need to learn. Um, this woman, by the way, she did the presentation, the slides for Al Gore's Oscar-winning film, An Inconvenient Truth. And so if you saw that and you saw the impact of that presentation, then you definitely know that Nancy Duarte is a total expert and the expert on this topic. So you will want to add this book to your library. And the other book that is... Um, Similar, it's got a little different energy. I, I think it's best to have both of these really in your library. It's called Presentation Zen. Presentation Zen. It's by Gar Reynolds, G-A-R-R, -R, Gar Reynolds, uh, another huge expert on this topic. And I, I liked both, and they have similar perspectives, but they communicate it in a different way. So you may find some of the ways that Nancy communicates resonates with you on some topics and then Gar on others. But he really has... Um, brought the Japanese style and aesthetic to slide presentation. And the result is that your slides end up having more power and more impact and they're, they get communicated more quickly and easily. 
part of what people do and the big mistake with with slides is that people put way too much information and a lot of bullet points and then they read the bullet points and that is not how slides are really meant to be used they should be more like billboards that's what i always recommend with my clients think of it as a billboard it has to capture people fast and make fast impact it's not a book that we're going to sit and read for you know a couple of minutes so he is really a great expert he's going to share a lot of perspective and draw a lot of from practical advice as well from his um, being working in the field of communications and business for many, many, many years. I think that you will find it uh, hugely helpful to help simplify your slides and therefore add a lot of impact. So those are two books you will want to add to your library. Again, Presentation Zen and Slideology. I have them both. They're both beautiful books as well. And they will really, I hope, transform the way you think about slides and therefore will transform your presentations great books, add them to your library, you will not regret it. So we're gonna dive into the meat of the program today. Again, we're talking about getting started speaking. If you are an entrepreneur, if you're a salesperson, if you're in media sales, if you're in advertising, you're a dentist, a chiropractor, a health practitioner, a personal trainer, a financial advisor, I don't care the category, your business can benefit from adding speaking into the mix. And it may be something, as I said earlier, that you've been thinking about and you haven't quite stepped into that spotlight yet. Maybe you've already started, and in which case, I applaud you. And you may have tried it and had a bad experience. Either way, what I would love for you to do is just listen to today's program with an open heart and an open mind because doing this right can ah, just totally transform your whole business. I can't even uh, explain Oh, I can explain, but there's just a multitude of ways, a lot of impact in terms of attracting new clients, um, gaining expertise, expert, expert status very, very quickly. So it's great for positioning and it gets you a ton of visibility in the community. And all of these things are essential right now. Everything that we're about here at Thompson Professional Development is giving you and arming you with the tools that help you stand out from the competition. A lot of people will never stand up and speak, so you separate yourself from probably 50% of the pack right off the bat. Then there's a whole bunch of people who will stand up and speak, but will actually never learn the art or the skill of how to create a really engaging and impactful presentation, so you separate yourselves from the people who just kind of go and they talk and they're mundane and they kind of lecture at people. And you may have seen those presentations. They're not very exciting. And it's just someone who is, you know, good intention who wants to come out and inform, but they're not learning the art behind how to really make that um, engage people and entertain them while they're teaching. And then there's another subsection of people who love to wing it. I call them the wingers, right? They're like, oh, I'm really outgoing and I love getting up in front of groups. I could just talk and talk and talk all day. And they're very proud of this. And that is a good quality to have, but we do need to rein that in and make sure that we're not just talking because we think it's fun, but that we are imparting the right takeaways to a crowd. We're doing it in the right way. We're ending on time. There's a lot of things that go into making a successful speech so that people enjoy it. They get something out of it and you get invited back to speak again. And that's the goal, right? The goal isn't just that we get our rocks off and say, hey, I love being in the spotlight. That does not serve people. So there's a lot of different ways that this can go awry and a lot of very simple ways that you can get started on the right foot. And that's really what we're talking about today in this week's episode. How can you start out even from the very beginning having a great experience? 
And what will happen is people generally think that people who are great presenters, that they're they're naturals, right? People come up and say that to me all the time. It's one of the reasons why I talk on this topic is because, you know, I've been speaking for a relatively short amount of time and people give me an enormous amount of credit and think, oh, you know, you're just a natural speaker and I wish I could do that. I could never do what you do. I get told that at least every single time I teach a workshop and it's, and it's a compliment, but it also frustrates me because that's not true. And I want to empower you to understand that you can do this. You can stand up in front of a group and look like a professional the very first time you go and do it. Now you will still improve from there, of course, but you don't have to fumble and bumble and look like a novice your first time out. And that comes from preparation and practice and really gaining some knowledge and some tools ahead of time. It's that simple. People love to imagine that everything comes naturally to people who do things well. I remember seeing the movie Tyson. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a great movie. Interesting. Um, just kind of follows Tyson and interviews him. It's a documentary. And one of the most interesting things that he said was that he was really kind of an awkward, insecure kid. You know, we think of Mike Tyson, at least I did, um, as like this this monster man, like he, like he's not even maybe even human. He's got this super strength and he's so fierce. And I imagine he was just born that way. He's always been that way. And when you see him talk about how scared he was as a child and he had thick glasses and he was kind of insecure and he got picked on a lot. And when he first started training, he was terrified. And his coach told him every day, you're a champion. You're a champion, Mike. You're a champion. He never believed it until years later. And it came from a ton of training and a ton of practice and working on his mindset and all of that. Um, and I think back, I was talking to a client recently about speaking and how it really does come from practice. And then people think you're naturally great at it. And it made me think about back to childhood. You know, I was a competitive horseback rider. And I can remember at that time, like back in high school, I was probably 15 years old when I was really, really, really deep in it. And I was competing at a very high level. I think I was, you know, in the maybe top 10 or top 12 for the entire nation. I was getting ready to qualify to, to get to compete at Madison Square Garden, which was like my dream of all dreams. And my horse died. And it was really tragic, but that's not the point of the story. But what happened at that point when I was kind of really reaching that pinnacle, those last five years of riding, um, my brother was really getting, I could feel the anger from him. And what I could tell at, you know, from his vantage point was he kind of felt like it was all, um, you know, cherries and ice cream for me, right? I would come in waltzing in on a Sunday afternoon after being gone for four days at a competition. And here I'm carrying these trophies and these big champion ribbons and blankets. And he just saw all the accolades and he's like, man, you know, that really stinks. She's getting all this attention for just, you know, naturally being good at something. I could tell it was really rubbing him the wrong way. And I never really fully understood why he was mad that I was being successful at something at that time. It totally baffled me at the time. You know, of course, I'm 15 years old. I didn't have that much insight. Now, years later, I look back and I think, well, gosh, you know, that makes so much sense because that's all he did see. You know, he wasn't out at the arena with me every day for two hours after school, which is, you know, I would leave school early and train for several hours every single day. I would be training at eight in the morning every Saturday and Sunday. He never saw that. Um, he never saw all the times I fall, fell off and, you know, went splat in the mud and made a fool out of myself or, or did the did the fences in the wrong order and got disqualified. I mean, I embarrassed myself every which way but loose, but he never saw any of that because he wasn't out there with me. And so he just saw 
the results. And he really only saw the, the good results because you don't bring home anything when you fall off <laughs> and bonk your head and land in the mud, you know, other than dirty pants. You don't come home with anything. So um, it, it was really interesting to look back years later and say, well, you know, it made sense that he was frustrated because to him, it seemed like it was all being handed to me. And it wasn't. I worked for many, many years. I was actually a terrified little girl when I first started writing. It really scared me. I would claim every single day in practice, and my trainer, Nick Karazisis, will vouch for this. I said, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I swore this every single lesson almost. And so that became their catchphrase for me, teasing me, which rightfully so. That's how I felt on the inside. I was terrified. But I loved the horses and I loved that challenge of having to overcome that. And that's why I kept going. And that's why I ultimately, you know, did pretty well at it. Well, same thing of public speaking. You know, you, people look at people who are great at public speaking. They say, well, that's a natural public speaker. What you don't see is the research and the training and the practice that goes into getting there. So what I want to encourage you to do today is to start noticing people are good. If you see someone who's a great speaker, ask them. How did you get to this place? What have you done? Because I guarantee you they've done some kind of skill building to get there. I know I did. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How can we arm you with some good tools, <clears throat> excuse me, so you can start out on the right foot? Because if you're not speaking, you're missing out on a really fantastic opportunity to gain more visibility for your business, to way turbocharge your expert status. Nothing makes you more of an expert than when you stand up and speak like an expert, your instant expert status. And so people will come to you for advice and for questions. You'll get other speaking gigs. You can win clients, obviously, a ton of prospects, and just start making a name for yourself in your community. You know, people who hire speakers look for really three critical things. And that's what I want to go over with you today so that you know ahead of time kind of what are the things you want to start thinking about as you consider, could speaking be a part of your business in 2011? And that's hopefully what I'm going to inspire you to do. So where could you go speak? There are all kinds of speaking opportunities, but some of the simplest places to start are your local chamber. Every single chamber is looking for speakers every year, all year round. They need speakers for their main events. They need um, speakers for their breakout sessions. Like sometimes they'll have a um, a professional, young professionals group. They'll have a women's group within the chamber. So all kinds of opportunities just within each individual chamber where you could go speak on a topic that educates their members. You have business associations. If regardless of what industry you're in, there is the, the association for your specific industry and there are all the other industries surrounding your industry, right? There's all like I work obviously in professional development. And so there is the National Speakers Association. There are coaching associations. There are women's coaching associations. So those are all places I can speak to my peers. And then there's also all of the associations for the people that I serve. So the credit association, there's associations for people in insurance and in financial planning. And there's the Realtors Association and there's Women's Council of Realtors. So you want to look at all the different places and organizations and groups who serve your clients and who serve your industry. And you will find just making a list of those places that there are lots and lots of opportunities for you to go speak. And I would definitely suggest that you take a minute and jot down some of those, but just brainstorm, you know, what are 10 places? Where are 10 places you can go to speak? 
let's just get your mind brewing on where we want to go. So I hope that that might get you excited when you really start thinking and imagining you speaking in front of these associations and groups. What are they looking for? Why, why are they going to say yes? I have found, and by the way, if you're not aware, you can look at my background and my bio on my website. It's thompsonprofessionals.com. I definitely don't want to spend your valuable time repeating my expertise every week. That's the only reason I'm not doing that. But I do want you to know that I have spoken for you know a ton of tra- chambers, business associations, groups, as well as for companies. I speak often to their sales and management teams. Um, and I've done this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. There are three key things that people look for, and there are three key things that people tell me when they hire me. They tell me that these are the three reasons why they hire me. So I want to share that with you because it's going to just let you in, sort of like pull the curtain back and help you understand what are people looking for. So that'll help you craft the right type of program and come in with the right mindset, already knowing what their expectations are, because not everyone's going to tell you this. The number one reason people are going to have you in is that you have the expertise. And it doesn't mean that you have to have experience speaking. And that's a mistake that a lot of people make is, well, I've never spoken before. That doesn't matter. What matters is that you are knowledgeable on your topic and that your topic is relevant to the group you're going to go speak to. So those are the things you want to consider um, in terms of creating a topic, really, is what do I have to offer this group? What could I talk about that's going to help them understand something better that they definitely need to understand? Or what could information could I give them that's going to solve a problem that they're having that's related to your industry? So in other words, if I was a personal trainer, I might think about, well, you know, it's the holidays. A lot of people are putting on weight right now and they really want to be looking their best. So what are some tips or some warnings I can give people? Here's five ways to avoid, you know, gaining five pounds over the holidays. Like this is a very simple way to think about what time of year is it? You know, what's going on for these people right now and how can I serve them? That's number one. And then you're just sharing your expertise. You know your business, so it's not really that hard to think about what you could share in your topic because that's what where your knowledge and expertise are. All you need to do when you're asking for an opportunity to speak and when you're suggesting that you are a good, um, a good person to provide great content for this group is to clarify your expertise. So who have you worked with or what are some results that you've gotten for clients? These are ways, and we've talked about that these past two other episodes, so that should be really easy for you. Clarify your expertise so that they trust that you're going to bring the goods. And the biggest thing that they're looking for in this area are specific takeaways that people can take action on right away. So in other words, they're not looking for someone who's going to come in and give a big, long sales pitch. They want to make sure you're going to be teaching some actionable takeaways so that when people leave, like, oh, that was great. I learned a ton. That's number one. The second thing that people are looking for when they hire you to come speak is that you're entertaining and engaging. It is one of the number one things that I am told that I bring to the table and a lot of the reason why people hire me because I have a video on my website. It's not the highest quality video in terms of the camera quality, the film video, but what it does show is that I engage people. I had people laughing. I've got them interacting. And that is a huge value to the event organizer and the big reason why they're going to bring you in. You can be really informative and you can be an expert and you can bore the snot out of people. And then that reflects poorly on the organization and it makes for a bad event, right? So if this was like the chamber's kickoff event for the year and you put everybody to sleep, 
that not only makes you look bad, but it also makes the organization look bad and is a downer for the event. So you see, when you come to the table as a speaker, you add a lot to the event you're speaking at, and you need to keep that in mind. So even if you're talking about something serious, something that's going to have a big impact on people's lives, on their financial status, on their health, on their business, you've got to find ways to engage people and get them interacting. And this is where a lot of people stumble. I want to give you a couple quick ideas just to get your brain to start thinking about, well, how could you do that? Number one is you must lead. If you're at the front of the room, you must lead. And I think that that can be uncomfortable because we're taught, I know, especially as women, we're taught to be polite and to say, oh, I'm sorry. And may I ask you a question? And, and we're sort of tentative with people. But when you're at the front of the room, you need to take charge. So if someone's interrupting the presentation or if the seats are in a weird way or the room is too hot, all of these little things that can affect the impact of a presentation, make sure that you take charge of that situation. Take the reins and lead the room because people are looking to you. You're the person up front. And then some of the ways you can add interaction and make it so that it's not just a monologue of you talking about your business, but you're involving people is, again, make sure it's focused on solving a problem for them and then get them interacting. Ask some questions. How many of you have had this experience? Quick show of hands. How many of you have had that experience? You can get people shouting out. You could say brainstorm. You know, what are some ways we could get more exercise during the holidays? Just shout some ideas out. And then someone could say, oh, I could go shopping and oh, I could you know, take my kids for a walk to the park, whatever. You just need to make sure that you're getting people involved. Another thing is if you have a handout, you know, have some blank spaces that people have to fill in because then they're always wondering, oh, what word goes there? The number one misconception about memory is, and then you put a blank and then they're always wondering, well, what is it? What's the number one misconception about memory? It's that it's an inherited trait, by the way. <laughs> it's a skill, just like presenting. So leaving little blanks that people have to fill in on your worksheet and having a worksheet and getting people to take notes is another great way to keep people involved. These are simple things that you can do. And as, as maybe silly or overly simplistic as they sound, they really do make a big impact in your presentation. You'll be shocked how many people don't ask people to take notes. They don't have blanks on their handouts, little sentences with blanks that people have to fill in. They don't ask for hand raise. They don't ask for feedback. And those are the things that will separate you from a boring drab presentation where one where everybody feels included and involved. The third thing that you absolutely need to know to have a successful presentation and one where you will be invited back or the organizer will thank you is that you do not hard sell. Never hard sell a room. That is a really old school tactic and is one that alienates not just your audience, but the organizer and the event planner or the, um, the meeting planner who brought you in. So absolute no, no. And then the question, it begs the question, well, then how do I actually get opportunities from speaking? Good question. It's really simply about an invitation to learn more. So if you're teaching people, you know, some ways to maybe cut back on calories during the holidays, that's just the beginning, right? That's not going to solve all of their health problems. So you need to let them know what are some other ways that they can learn more from you. If you liked this, you liked what I shared with you today, here's where you can get a little more. One of the simplest ways to do that is to offer like a free consultation, a free assessment, a free review. You can make it short, you know, make sure you value your time. So it doesn't have to be an hour, but it could be 15 minutes or 20 minutes or a half an hour, but get people involved. Then you're not selling anything. It doesn't cost them any money, but it gets them to come back and learn more from you. And then if they like that, then you can invite them to do business with you. You can also invite feedback. You can invite 
um, all different ways to really take that one speaking opportunity and, and get it to give you really a multitude of results. That's our goal. But the number one tip and the number one thing that will alienate people and will have the opposite results that you want is hard selling people. So make it an invitation. If you liked this, here's how you can get more. It's very simple. It's very tasteful. And everyone will appreciate that from you. Now you can also sell. I sell tickets to workshops and coaching and things like that. But again, it does need to be done via an invitation. So for those of you who want to dive in and learn more, here's some ways you can do it. You can do a free consultation. You can enroll in my workshop coming up on this date, or you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching. It should be a very soft, uh, welcoming invitation, not a hardcore, hard-closing tactic. And that'll benefit you and everyone in the room, and you'll be sure to be invited back. And that is your goal. Um, if you're wondering about the results of this and can this really work for your business, it can. You know, I tell people all the time, my very first speech, um, I was hired by a national training company. I was pretty confident selling one-on-one, -on -one, but I never stood up in front of groups and sold in a group selling format. And I was terrified. I can vividly, very specifically remember sitting in the parking lot of my first speech. I know exactly where I was in Clackamas, Oregon. I was going to speak to a mortgage company and I was terrified. I thought I might throw up. Honestly, I didn't even want to go upstairs. I considered leaving. I was frozen in fear. And um, the reason why I was able to get up was because I had spent a month and a half really preparing this presentation. And so I knew at the core, okay, you've got to be able to give them some goods today, right? You've been preparing for a month and a half. Something intelligent's going to come out of your mouth at some point. And that was really my goal was just, just let them have one good takeaway. And and I'm convinced if you come to the table with a desire to serve people, you will always do well. And I did. I, it was a good presentation. Uh, nobody knew it was my first time speaking. I was at that point working for a big professional development company. So I was selling tickets to their workshops. I think I walked out with $1,500 in sales and a bunch of referrals. And I was beyond thrilled. The second time I spoke, same thing. I think it was $1,800 in sales, a bunch of referrals. And they told me, oh, yeah, we just had... Somebody come out from a major training company. I won't say their name just to be fair, but, you know, really well-known well top training company in the country, a national company. And they said, you just blew doors off of that guy. And they had no idea it was the second time I'd ever stood up in front of a group. That comes from just doing a little, pre a little preparation. And that's what I'm trying to encourage you to do. The most recent speech I gave, I didn't, I didn't even try to sell anything. I wasn't selling anything. It was just literally a, a training. And I still got 12 requests for you know, an initial coaching session with people. And I think I got four other speaking engagements off of that one. And um, even just looking at my client, Jane Ferris, who just emailed me last night, we've been powering up her speaking skills. And that was something that was really holding her back from advancing in her company. She's with Zingular. And since she started working and just focusing on that skill, it really, she just blossomed. It just boosted her confidence. You know, gaining competence will boost your confidence. Not just saying rah, rah, go do better. If you add tools in your toolbox, you will walk and speak with more confidence. And that's what started happening for Jane. Well, she ended up being asked to speak at her company-wide event at the end of this year. She rocked that opportunity. She just emailed me last night and said that since we started working together, she doubled her volume. She has doubled her sales volume. And just last month alone, she grew her business by 30%. 30%! Go, Jane. She is a total rock star. So my point is that speaking can absolutely just have a huge impact on your business. That is what I want for you. I want you to go out, 
boost up turbocharger expert status, make sure that people know that you're the go-to person in your field, in your area of expertise, build a name for your business, get a lot of um, prospects in your sales funnel by offering free consultations or reviews or assessments of some kind. If you want to sell a product or a workshop, do that. Just do it tastefully via an invitation for people to learn more. So you can sell, you can get referrals, you can get people into your sales funnel, you can get testimonials, all kinds of great things. And this is what I want for you and your business in the year coming ahead. Let's power up your presentations so you can attract and close more business more easily in 2011. We've got more great information coming up for you each week. We're going to keep improving our podcast week after week after week. I want to thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that you're listening to the podcast and we hope you share this with any friends or associates that you think would value this information as well. Remember, if you're looking for more information about me or my company, you want to research who we are and what we do, it's thompsonprofessionals.com. Again, that's thompsonprofessionals.com. You can email me your feedback or any requests if you'd like to cover me, cover, you would like me to cover a specific topic or answer some questions you have on speaking or presenting to one or to many people. You can send those to Kristen at Thompson Professionals. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N at ThompsonProfessionals.com. My direct line is 503-746-5616. Again, that's 503-746-5616. I look forward to hearing from you. And until then, make it a great day and a great week. Remember, when you grow your skills, you grow your business. Thanks for listening to the Presentation Gravity Podcast.